What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed, the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Bebop here. This is Season 5, Episode 3 of Bebop Tales. I know last week we did a fun bonus episode, and we were going to come right back with this episode, but something very strange happened. Jonathan pulled an amazing prank on me. He came home with a nasty cold that somehow translated into a virus for me. Like, whenever I tried to do my Messingham impersonation, I sounded like this. Oh, hey, I'm uh, Jonathan Messenger. And I didn't want anybody to hear that. But we're back now, feeling good, feeling strong. I've been eating all of the art you've been sending in, and all those nutrients have really helped me feel a lot better. So we're ready to go, and we're ready to answer a question from our listener, nine-year-old Jacinda from Cape Town, South Africa. She asked, Bebop, have you ever fought a big, bad, mean bat? Big, bad, mean bat. That's a fun thing to say. And in fact, I have. So... Let me get my Messing Flaps impersonation on. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messing Flaps. Hi, I am Flappy Messenger. All right, we're ready to go. I'm excited for you to hear this episode, Bebop Tales, Season 5, Episode 3, Going Batty. Before Bebop knew it, the entire mountainside seemed to be ablaze with the flaming chicken nuggets. Pandolf, a spell, cried Bebop. Something. But Pandolf couldn't speak. He was too busy covering his tongue in mud, trying to quell the burning from eating one of the Volcano of a Monster Lava Chicken Nuggets. The ground was aflame, the sky was on fire, and Bebop had nowhere to go. I, I have a spell. I know I do, said Pandolf. Just, just wait a second. If you say something like, no, mo, nuggano, then I am leaving and you're on your own, said Bebop. Volcano lava monster lava chicken nugget. Aquias! Aquamente! cried Pandolf, and a squirt of water flew out of his palms, but it was just enough to dampen one of the nuggets, nothing more. It's not working, cried Pandolf. Forget magic, just blow on them, yelled Bebop. Volcano Lava! Pandolf blew and immediately put out the flame on the little nugget alien. Aww. Pandolf blew and blew, and while Bebop didn't have any lungs, he did pick up handfuls of dirt 
to smother the little alien's flames. Hey, cut that out! I don't really like it! Said one of the nuggets. Bebop threw dirt at another one. Come on, man, you're getting my pants dirty! Pandolf was shocked to hear the little nuggets talking. One leapt right at him, and he blew out its flames. Stop blowing on us! Your breath is kind of stinky! Hey, said Pandolf. I'm a bear. It's not my fault my breath stinks. And besides, I thought you could only sing your war cry. I didn't know you could talk. That's because no one ever talks to us, said one little nugget. We're just little nuggets living so lonely. Bebop bent down and picked up one of the nuggets that was no longer on fire. He held it in his palm. But you attacked us, said Bebop. Maybe you wouldn't be lonely if you didn't jump out of the ground on fire all the time. I would have talked to you if you hadn't been a flaming nugget attacking us. Does that mean you'd like to be my robot friend? Can you talk without singing like that? That also might be part of the problem. What do you mean I'm not singing? That's just the way you're talking. It's kind of like singing, said Bebop. Can you talk without doing that? Yeah! Okay, well then how about we talk, and you can listen, and you can let us know if we're on the right path. Yeah! That over there is my friend, Pandolf the Wizard. Yeah! He's a great wizard. <laughs> but his power is draining. You saw how he tried to cast that water spell? Yeah! And so we're looking for something. A pearl. It's a small, round stone. It's white, I believe. And it's the source of the panda powers. Panda powers? Yeah, his magic. Okay, I gotcha. Bebop was getting tired of the singing and was looking for a way to end the conversation. We believe the pearl is inside the mountain. Maybe in a cave of some sort. Do you know if there's an opening anywhere around here? The little nugget seemed to think a moment, and then it pointed at an outcropping a few hundred yards away. Bebop could just make out a crack in the rock. You can go in that way and go down the tunnels. Great. Thank you so much, said Bebop. Sorry to have disturbed you. Please don't feel like you have to sing anymore. But the Nugget did sing. They all sang. They sang a long opera about what it would be like traveling down into the mountain. Bebop had a hard time understanding everything they were saying, but he got the sense there was danger down there. Whoever had stolen the pearl had had something guarding it, something the Nuggets didn't like. Okay, little Nuggets, thank you so much, said Bebop. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to sing that. And Pandolf and he began making their way toward the tunnel. The Nuggets started digging their way back into the dirt, no doubt to surprise the next unlucky travelers to cross their paths. It was a short walk to the outcropping, and as they got closer, Bebop could see that the crack in the rock was wider than he thought. He and Pandolf would have no trouble climbing through. Okay, old friend, said Bebop. Are you ready? Should we get the pearl? Yes, said Pandolf. It's down there. I know it. I can feel it. And no matter what happens, even if we don't make it out alive, I will be proud to have fought alongside you. Me too, said Bebop. But also, let's make it out alive.
the two friends stepped into the tunnel. It was instantly eerily quiet. Compared to the mini nugget rock concert the vocation nugs had put on outside, it almost hurt Bebop's ears for it to be so silent. Pandolf seemed to feel the same way, and the two exchanged knowing glances, each trusting the other to be as quiet as possible. Bebop and Pandolf traveled down through the winding tunnel. Bebop was surprised that it was such easy going. Bebop was surprised that it was so easy. There were no forks in the tunnels, no decisions to be made. They just had to follow the one tunnel down and around. The light from Bebop's gorgeous eyes lit the way, and after what must have been 20 minutes, he began to grow cold. They really were far from the entrance now, and there was no turning back. After some time, the tunnel widened, and Pandolf grabbed Bebop's arm. They were at the mouth of a cavern. The bear's eyes and nose were sharp, and he'd sensed something up ahead. Bebop tried to peer into the darkness, and he, too, could see it. Hanging upside down in the center of the chamber, what looked like a giant bat. It looked like it was sleeping. On the other side of the chamber, they could just see that the tunnel continued. Maybe if we just walk very quietly through the chamber, said Pandolf, we can make it through with no problem. The bat's huge, pointed ears twitched. <laughs> I can hear you, shouted the bat. I know exactly what you're planning, and it's not going to work. I think we should go back, whispered Bebop. There is no back, said the bat. You wouldn't make it three steps before I got you. <laughs> now I know why those nuggets were so loud, said Pandolf. Shh, you really have to whisper. Bats can hear really well. The bat dropped to the floor of the cavern. Yes, those nuggets are a nuisance, said the bat. The light from Bebop's eyes glinted off the bat's huge fangs. You, on the other hand, appear much easier to get a hold of. Bebop turned off the lights in his eyes. I think we should split up, whispered Bebop. You go that way, and I'll go this way. There's really no use whispering, said the bat. I can hear you perfectly clear. The bat took a step toward them, looming over them. Bebop gently pushed Pandolf to go to the left as the robot moved to the right. The room's not that big, Bebop whispered. It's not that far to go. What's that? said the bat. Hold on, let me adjust my... Two more ears popped up on the bat's head. There we go. Say that again, I dare you. <laughs> said Bebop. There's no use whispering, said the bat. I can just adjust. Four more ears popped up on its head. See, now I can hear anything you try to whisper. Said Bebop. Nine more ears covering the bat's entire head sprang up. There, 
said the bat. Now I can hear a mouse chuckle a mile away. Good, whispered Bebop. Volcano lava monster lava chicken nuggets. Bebop screamed. Ow! And the bat howled, clutching its head. The ears closed again. The sound too much for it. And Bebop and Pandolf ran for the other side of the tunnel. That was amazing, said Pandolf. Very clever. Thank you, said Bebop, running ahead of the bear. Some say I'm a genius. Bebop had forgotten to turn his lights back on and had run right off the edge of a cliff. Bebop Tales, it was a nice try. I can do lots of things but wish I could fly. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Okay, I know you're saying to yourself, Bebop, you're a genius. How do you not look where you're going and fall off a cliff? Well, aside from the fact that this is obviously the cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers, literally, it wasn't really my fault. I didn't have time to turn my lights back on as we were trying to get away from the big, bad, mean bat. So where did I fall? That question will be answered in next week's episode. And I promise we'll be back next Wednesday with an episode. Sorry again for the delay because of my virus. Now I have some chefs to thank for giving me all the nutrients I needed to get over my cold. I want to thank Celia, who's six, from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Gigi from Atlanta, Georgia, who's four. Alex, who's eight, from Broadview Heights, Ohio. Mila from Durham, North Carolina. Jason, who is almost 5,000 days old, from Troy, Michigan. Jamie and Corey from Durham, North Carolina. Morgan, who's eight, from Hearst, Texas. Gabe from Brooklyn, New York. Jack, who's five and a half, from Elk Ridge, Maryland. Rollick, who's seven. Jack, who's seven, from Kinderhook, New York. Juan, who's seven. Isaac and Reese from Chandler, Arizona. Alexa from Studio City, California. Lucas from Bob Cajun, Canada. And Isaiah, who is nine, from Wasilla, Alaska. Thank you all so, so much. All right. And now we have some great jokes. Up first is my pal June with a joke. Hi, my name's June. I live in California, but mine, but I was born in North Carolina. And here's my joke. What star plays rock music? I don't know. A rock star. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you so much, June. Okay, and now we have a joke from Seb. Hi, my name is Seb and I'm eight from Perth, Australia. I've got a joke for the show. Did you hear about the astronaut who was going to make it to Mars? No. She said she was going to plan it very carefully. (laughs) That's great. Thank you so much, Seb. And finally, here's a joke from our pal Fletcher. Hi, my name is Fletcher and I'm from Sacramento, California, and I have a joke for you. How do you stop a baby astronaut from crying? How? You rock it. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Fletcher. Thank you, Fletcher, Seb, and June for those awesome jokes. Thank you to all of the chefs. Thank you to everybody who's listening to this season of Bebop Tales, and we will see you next week. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago, and it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.